This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach the age where you face decisions about employment, home buying, raising a family, and college planning. Your financial success is often determined by how you handle the many curveballs thrown your way and by how much you are saving for retirement. Before you know it, you are within 10 years, five years, and then one year of retiring. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. You'll worry if you have enough money to last through retirement. You'll be concerned about healthcare and longevity. You'll want to make sure your retirement is everything you always dreamed it would be. These are the retirement challenges that we will address each week on this show. Regardless of how far you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell. Alongside me is my trusty co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks for joining me today. You're in for a treat because I'm about to really get into something that I hate, something I've written about for years something that I'm dealing with right now with one of my clients and um, it's known as life insurance, universal life insurance in particular, and it's completely collapsing on them and it's happening across the country. It's an epidemic. It's outrageous. It's a sad state of affairs and we're going to cover it today because I bet you some of these listeners may not even realize they're sitting on a ticking time bomb known as an older life insurance policy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow, you sound passionate about this. Sounds like you're really going to unload on universal <laughs> life. <laughs> well, so. I, I've been dealing with this topic. I wrote articles about this in, I think, 2009 or 2010. I, I've done videos. It's one of my most popular videos, I might add, um, on universal life, whether or not it's good or bad. And it's just so near and dear to me right now because I have several different clients coming up to me. And I say clients, see, some of these are prospects. They're not, you know, I didn't sell, this isn't something I put them in, but now I'm trying to pick up the pieces of a really, really tough situation. It's sad in a way. Um, and I want to talk about what I, what I'm seeing and, and what people could do to avoid it. But before we get into that, Tony, do you have a universal life insurance policy? I do not. All right. And I don't, uh, you know, we've talked about this once before on an earlier show. We've talked about life insurance in general, but this sounds like you've got a specific scenario here. I want to hear about that, especially with this client who somebody put him in something he probably shouldn't have been in, it sounds like. But uh, no, I do not. I have life insurance, but I'm pretty sure it's not universal life. It's just that insurance policy. It's like a hundred thousand dollar or fifty or a hundred thousand dollar policy I get through work and they take a little bit of money out of my paycheck and then I'm covered for that amount. My wife has the same thing through her work and we have no other life insurance policies beyond that. So I don't know whether that's good or bad. Uh, I do not understand how life insurance works. Uh, you've tried to explain it to me before and it's just like, I think you said it was like talking to a brick wall. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, odds are, actually, you probably do have universal life. That group, it's usually a group universal life policy that you have. 
But um, and yeah, really. And I'll talk about that because I got a client dealing with that. He's retiring because, you know, I deal a lot of, with retirees. So life insurance sure. isn't huge in retirement. I mean, it, it plays a part for a lot of people, but usually life insurance is to protect income in case you pass away. Like I have a lot of life insurance on me in case I pass away. I, right. My wife and kids will be OK. You know, they won't be on the streets. So uh, but when you retire, it's like, well, what do you really need life insurance for? But what I'm going to be talking about today is some life insurance policies that were sold in the 80s and 90s. And even it's still being sold today in a different form. And it was just a complete nightmare. It's becoming a complete nightmare. And in fact, if all the financial situations that people are going to be going through in this country, I think this is right up there with Social Security collapsing. Um, This is right up there with, you know, um, the whole retirement crisis we talk about, not people having enough savings, the disappearance of pensions. I think this universal life explosion is really something, but th- th- you're not going to hear much about it because people, it kind of just fizzles away and people keep it to themselves. But if you, if you look around and ask around and like what I do, I'm seeing more and more of this. It's the time it's, it's just creeping up. It's that so time. Explain to us what you're talking yeah, about. Definitely. Give us right. an example. Uh, like you said, you had somebody, uh, what do you mean? What What's going wrong with it? Okay, what, what so doesn't work about it? Life insurance, real quick. You can buy different types of life insurance. You got term life insurance, which is what I, which is what I have. It's a term, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And you pay the same price during that time frame. And then when that time frame is over, you pretty much, the life insurance policy is gone. It's either unaffordable or you're done with it. You, you have a set timeline. Then there's also whole life insurance, which is really popular when, you know, back in the 50s and, and, and 40s and 60s. You know, this is the traditional life insurance. You keep paying until you die and it builds up cash value. And it usually builds up enough cash value to be equal to the death benefit by the time you hit age 100, which really rarely ever happened when it was first started. But now it's starting to happen. But there's this hybrid type of policy that goes in between term and it goes in between whole whole life that's called universal life and it's basically a it's a permanent policy meaning you can make it last your whole life but you have to pay for it accordingly you have to fund it properly and meaning you have to pay enough money to cover the cost to insure you and also build up some cash cushion because the cost to insure you goes up every year so what happened is life insurance this this universal life became popular in the 80s and 90s and people were buying it so that it would last them their whole life thinking all right i'm going to pay for this every month and then by the time i'm 65 you know 25 years down the road it'll be i don't have to pay anymore it'll be there forever it was sold in the 80s and 90s as disappearing premium or vanishing premium policies total scam now that i think about it I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to be harsh on it, but it was totally missold, misrepresented, misplanned. And a lot of people bought it without knowing what the hell they were buying. The people that were selling it were selling it without really knowing what they were selling. They were just using these crate terms like, hey, Tony, buy this today. You pay 50 bucks a month for the next 20 years. And then you won't even pay anything. In fact, you'll be able to take money out of it. Even it'll be worth so much money. You'll be laughing at all your friends who are, who are waiting or trying to retire. And you're going to say, look at me, I got all this cash in my life insurance policy. Aren't I the coolest? And then what really happened is the complete opposite. And I'm going to tell you what was happening. It's a horror story. And these policies are just basically imploding on people. 
They're, why? I mean, why? Why didn't it happen? Why aren't they good? Legitimate question, right? That's that's the question. Why? But I'll tell you exactly what's happening. I'll give you an example of what's happening, and then I'll explain why it happened. So I, um, this week, I am um, one of my clients. Um, she's my client, and her husband is quite older than her. He's um, he's eighty three, going on eighty four. He's not in good health, so he has this life insurance policy. He started it in nineteen ninety. And it was, I think he was paying about 65 bucks a month, which was pretty decent now. It's a $100,000 policy. He was paying 65 bucks a month since 1990. Then about five or six years ago, he started getting these letters from the insurance company saying, hey, um, alert. Now, when you get your life insurance policy every year, they should indicate some of this stuff, but they don't highlight it. But if you look at the bottom, it says, if you continue to pay your $60 a month or whatever you're paying, it will last until X date. Well, he looked at it. And once I became the, um, the, you know, the wife became my client and I looked at his policy, I looked at it and said, if you keep paying 60 bucks a month, this thing's going to run out of money in the next five years. Meaning it's just, you're not going to, it's not going to be around. It's going to go, it's going to lapse. It's going to be gone. And he said, wait, 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 How, uh, no way. I was supposed to pay this every year, which I have every month. It was supposed to be there when I'm when I'm retired. In fact, I was supposed to stop paying by now. I'm, it's, I remember specifically saying, when I'm 80, I'm going to stop paying. I said, well, not only are you not going to stop paying, you're going to start paying more. And just this week, we got a new letter. He now has to, how much? Oh, my God, this is crazy. He has got to pay $600 per month. What? Are you, you, I'm, I'm serious. $600 per month is what he has. Now he used to pay $60 per month. When you, 10, when you say has to pay, why does he okay, have to pay that? Okay. So life insurance is, is a simple proposition. You pay money and when you die, the insurance company pays your beneficiary a death benefit. So his death benefit is at a hundred thousand dollars. He's and, and what he's doing every month that you pay for it, part of that monthly premium cost goes to cover the cost to insure your life. You know, the insurance company runs the numbers and says, okay, here's, you know, here's the chance you're going to die and so forth. Universal life policies, the way they were sold and the way they were supposed to be designed is you put away money every month. Some of it goes to pay for it and the rest goes in a pot of money that grows and is invested and is designed to be the growing and constantly growing so that as the cost goes up, some of that money comes out of your kitty to pay for it. So 60 bucks a month in the beginning maybe covered everything plus, but as you're now 70 and 80 years old, instead of costing you 600 bucks a month, uh, 60 bucks a month, it's costing 600 a month. So the plan was that when in the 90s, when he was putting all this extra money in, that money was gonna grow so that he'd still pay 60 bucks a month, but the other 540 would come out of the kitty. Well, the kitty or this, his his um, his actual cash value is just been getting decimated. The, the, the cash value buildup didn't happen as planned. It didn't grow as Why well not? as it was supposed to, as Why well not? as it was sold to him. And in fact, it's depleting rapidly and eventually it's going to go to zero. And when your cash value goes to zero, you basically have to cover the full cost to ensure your life or else but why, the why policy disappears. It- why didn't it grow? 
Good question. So let's 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 put our let's go in a time machine. Let's go back to the eighties. Okay, Tony. Remember you had hair and yeah. um <laughs> you were what were you doing in the eighties? You were DJing? Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. Right. I was a I was a radio announcer at uh at a top forty station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk the finances. Um, if you went, uh, you may not remember because you may not have been really heavily into banking, but if you went to open up a checking or savings account at a bank, do you remember what, what, what kind of process was it? Do you remember what, if they'd give you anything, if you opened up a checking account? <clears throat> oh yeah. They give you a toaster and a, to- a checkbook cover. <laughs> right. A toaster. I don't know why, but everyone got offered the toaster. I remember the toasters. Yep. I yep. even, I remember they used to give piggy banks to yep. the kids and toasters to the adults like what what is that i don't know <laughs> but anyway uh what else did they give you they gave you interest on your savings oh yeah yeah in, in the 80s you can get five percent in your savings account just for keeping yeah. the money there you could get a cd for 15 percent, 18 percent, right a year right mortgage rates were 10 12 percent <laughs> compared to today that's like whoa how did how did anyone ever buy a house right <laughs> They did, though. They did because you can get 18% in a CD and 15% mortgage, you know, you could pull it off. So what happened was the people that were selling life insurance in the 80s were also projecting, hey, look at this. You pay for this. You pay 50 bucks a month now. It's only going to cost 10 bucks a month to, to, to insure your life. That means 40 bucks a month is going into this cash account over here and it's going to grow at 15% because that's what the rates are right now. Right. So this is going to keep going. And what they did is they projected that in, in into the future all the way through. And they said, look at this. If you get 15 percent every year for the next 20 years, that that extra money you're putting in is going to be so big that you're going to not have to pay again. And it's called uh, vanishing premiums. And it was all based on these ridiculously unrealistic projections for future interest rates. And then reality came in. Interest rates started going down in the 90s and into the 2000s. We had the dot-com bubble. Interest rates collapsed. Then the mortgage crisis. And now you'd be lucky to get a bank CD to not charge you money to put money in the bank, right? You open an account, you get a bill. Hey, I just opened up an account my niece, for my niece. She opened the account. They said, all right, this is great. You got a checking and savings. Here's what we're going to do. Um, it's free, uh, but we're going to charge you, I think it's like $17 a month if you don't make this many purchases or this much automatic deposits in every month, right? It's like they're charging you to open up an account Unbelievable. now. Unbelievable. Never mind getting a toaster, which I could use one because my toaster oven is kind of on the fritz. <laughs> yeah, they stopped doing that a long time ago. Right. So now they're basically charging you to open savings accounts. So so life insurance, right? These projections and these per- policies that were purchased in the 80s and 90s are now in a point where um, it's so unrealistic and people didn't adjust. So the idea of buying life insurance and not thinking about it is great. And that's something you can do if you buy term. Really, I buy term. I don't think about my term ever. I really don't. I know when it's going to expire and that's it. But universal life policies, you're supposed to kind of watch and for better, for worse, actually for worse, insurance agents sell a policy and then they, you never hear from them again. Most, right? There are some good ones that, that monitor. So I'm stuck here picking up the pieces of the nonsense that was sold in the, you know, 20, 30 years ago. 
And it stinks because I'm the bad guy because I'm the one saying, hey, look, it, we got to start paying more in this or it's going to explode on you. It's just going to fail. And people are like, well, that's not how it's supposed to work. And I'm angry and I'm going to write a stern letter to the insurance company. And the insurance company just laughs because no offense to the insurance companies. They're hoping that this thing lapses because you've put in X dollars every year for the past 20 years. They're hoping they don't pay that death benefit out. And they're not going to go out of their way to say, hey, you really should change this. They're loving it. They're loving the fact that the cash value is going down and this thing's going to go up. And then you'll eventually just say, you know what? I can't afford it. So they get rid of it. And then then what? The insurance company got collected all that money and then they never paid out a death benefit. Isn't that a beautiful model? <laughs> it's absurd, wow. Tony. It's so absurd that I wrote an article on it called Universal Life, a Ticking Time Bomb. I think I wrote it in like 2010. Then I wrote another article called Help, My Universal Life Policy is Imploding. And then I did some videos on it. You can watch these videos and, and people are clicking on these and listening to this and, and reading this article because more and more people are experiencing it and more and more financial professionals that are in the retirement space, which is where I'm at, are seeing their clients with this old policy and they're looking at it like, what just happened? What is this? You know, how come it's so bad? Because people don't look at it enough and then it creeps up on them and now they're in real trouble, like my client. He's got to pay 600 bucks a month. No, I'm not joking about it. 600 bucks a month for a, for a $100,000 life insurance policy. He's going to put seven, $7,200 a year in Wow! just to maintain a 100,000 death benefit. Now, the death yeah. benefit's not going up. That's crazy. Uh, you know, so his wife's looking at me like, do we pay? And I'm like, ah, then you have to start looking at, well, how healthy are you? You know, like, what is his life expectancy? So what are we doing? We're, we're adjusting. We're, we're, we're paying right now as we think of other options. We're looking at maybe we can lower the death benefit, you know, just, but it's, it's just, and then the premium is going to go down, but uh, you, now you have less death benefit, which was part of the plan. You wanted more. We're looking at selling this policy. I have a couple of, uh, you, you mentioned you have universal life through work. I have a guy um, who's retiring this month and he, um, he has a group universal life policy through his employer. And when he leaves the company, he can take it over. And so we looked at it and he's like, um, how come it's so expensive? I said, well, right now you're only paying for half. Your company's paying for the other half. And when you right. retire, the company's not going to pay anymore. Right. And, Same with my policy. The company pays. Right. Most of it. So, so you have the right to actually continue this policy if you want without having to go through a medical exam or anything. So it's kind of nice in that regard. But once you see that price and that price is going to keep going up because you know that the company wasn't paying more just to build up cash, they were paying the bare minimum to keep this thing afloat. And so now he's looking at it like, well, what do I do? I said, do you want this? He's like, I don't need it. I'm a single. I got my kids are all grown. I said, maybe your daughters want it. You know, maybe they'll pay for it. That's a good, you know, they're the ones going to benefit. Let them pay for it. Right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty practical about it. Right. And he's like, wow, I yeah, I never thought of it that way, but that's a great point. I do that all the time. People are like, what? I'm like, yeah. Who are you leaving us to? Little Johnny? <laughs> Let's get little Johnny on the phone. Hey, little Johnny, your mom's got a 200,000 life insurance policy. She's about to get rid of. Um, do you want it? Well, yeah, I want it. Mom, you're not dying, are you? No. Uh, well, Johnny, if you really want it, why don't you pay for it? Because the death benefit's 100% in your name, buddy. You better pay for it or else it's going away. Yeah. And then little Johnny says, well, how much, right? 
And then he says, hey, Ma, how you feeling? You know, right. This is this is I mean, this is what goes on. This is really what's happening. So That's so crazy. his daughters say, I can't afford it because his his policy is about seven hundred a month and his is um over five hundred thousand death benefit. So he's wow. a little younger than the other guy. But can you imagine what the premium is going to be in the future? It's going to oh. keep going up. So he's yeah. like, I don't want it. My daughters don't want it. I'm just going to let it go. I said, hey, 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 hold on. Don't let it go. There's investors out there that will buy this. They'll gobble it up. All we got to do is approach him, show him what it's worth, show him what it's going to be in the future, because investors aren't going to be the ones that are just buy it just on the whim. They're going to actually say, all right, show me what this is going to be costing me 20 years down the road. Then they do a life expectancy on the guy. And the, the worse health you're in, the more money they'll give you to buy that policy because they're not going to be paying it for that long before you pass. So there are options. And, and but I think what people are doing is they're getting the sticker shock from that letter. Because what happens is you get a letter in the mail from the insurance company saying, hey, you know what? Uh, hey, hey, Tony, um, thanks for being a loyal customer for the past 30 years. Um, yeah, it's not going to be around if you don't pay more. And here's how much wow. more you have to pay. So if you if you if they say it's going from sixty dollars to six hundred dollars a month, uh, and you're like, well, I can't afford to pay six hundred dollars a month, then you're done. All that money you paid went through nothing. You lose the policy. You have no more policy. They'll give you a thirty day grace period to come up with the money. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, no, that's effectively. But correct. I mean, if you if you tell them you don't want to pay the money, uh, then you lose the policy. Right. That's exactly right. If you and don't do you pay lose those premiums, the cash value that's in it. Yes. So what happens is if you if 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 a company if you're paying 50 bucks a month and the company sends you a letter and says, hey, you know, if you don't do something, this thing's going to lapse in seven months. Um, you might have a thousand dollars cash value, say what they're saying is in the next seven months, you're, we're going to take your 50 bucks a month. And that thousand bucks a month, we're going to also going to take that because that's using because you're not paying enough. So we'll, we'll deplete your cash value to zero. And once you hit zero, then you're in trouble because you have no cash for us to pull from your and the premium you're paying isn't enough. So sayonara um, policy gone. That's so it, it sounds like I mean, the problem is the insurance companies. They didn't properly invest or project. It's not the individual's fault. It's the insurance company that's screwing people. Well, let's let's back off because I do represent insurance companies and I'm not I'm not going to stop you from throwing them under the bus because definitely they're out to blame. But you also have to point some blame at the insurance agent that sold it improperly. Well, yeah, there you go. Right. It's really that's where the, the fault lies is they didn't properly explain how it worked. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. also you also have to put some blame on the client for buying something they didn't understand. Right. And normally these things are imploding for, for people that don't pay it, pay attention. So they're, right. they're, they're kind of just ignoring it. So I put some blame on everybody here. But yes, if you're going to blame somebody, the product design from the insurance company and that agent is the real culprit here. Yeah. And it's, I think, the insurance agent's duty to reach out to the client every year and say, listen, you know, I saw. I, I, and but you know what that requires? It requires a couple of things. It requires someone admitting they were wrong. It requires also the client to realize they made a mistake purchasing it. No one likes to admit that they made a mistake, right? Right. And also there's some sunk costs here. I've been paying a hundred dollars a month for the past 20 years. You know how much money that is? Yeah, I do. And you're telling me I got to double it now? Yeah, I am. Uh, that's uh, and the longer people pay, the harder it is for them to 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 just let it go or make the change because they feel like right. they've had such so much money 
put into this already that they can't, they got to get something out of it. And it's sure. a sunk, it's a sunk cost fallacy. It's, it's just an emotional thing. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds like there is an option to get, maybe get something back out of it, depending on the situation, because you said there are people out there who buy these life insurance policies and will give you money for them. That's right. So let's, let's, Talk real quick about that. You see that commercials on TV about, hey, we'll buy your life insurance policy. I think it's great that they do this, by the way. I I, I don't this is not I don't do this, but I, I help people do it. So I'll go with my clients. I will go to these brokers and say, here's my client, here's the policy, let's shop. And I'll go to several of them and say, let's, you know, who's got the best price? We're 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 here. We're here to talk. So it's kind of a negotiation, really. It's like an auction. And so you you put it out there. The problem is you have to go through some medical exams. You have to actually let them kick the tires because these investors aren't stupid. They're not just going to buy it without looking at you. They're going to want to know how long you're going to live so they can do the math. And you know what happens is they do the math. And what they'll say is, you know, all right, we'll give you fifty thousand dollars for this policy. Then you have to say, well, if they're willing to buy it for 50000 maybe I should be putting this money in, you know? So, so they're never going to buy it for more than it's worth. You know what I'm saying? It, right. It's usually cheaper for you to keep it, but not everyone even wants to keep it. Some people want the cash up front. Some people, you know, they don't really care. They'd rather, I'm not going to keep it anyway, so give me the cash, right? But um, a lot of times it says, you know, hey, you know, maybe we should keep this policy and figure out a way to make ends meet. But again, um, it's it, there are there is hope. You can do other things. You can you can massage the policy. You could change how much you're paying. You can lower the death benefit. You can work within the system, and um, maybe you can get a new policy. You could transfer the existing cash in there and buy something new, a upgrade, get something that's because the cost of insurance has gone down. Believe it or not, over the years because people are living longer. You know so, mm. but. Um, it's it's different for every every person, but the problem is, Tony, people don't realize it until it's too late. I had a guy from Germany give me a call um, and an email, and he's like, listen, my dad bought this policy in the 80s when he was in Delaware. I saw your video. We're both living in Germany now. My English isn't so good. I tried talking to the insurance company, and I don't understand it. And this was a huge policy. I think it was like a $2 million death benefit. He's like, oh they gosh. want me to pay $270,000 a year for this. And uh, I don't know if I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's a lot of money. Let's let's talk here. That that that's a problem, you know. And so I said, um, I understand that you you don't speak English very well. But even if you did, talking to these insurance companies can sometimes sound like a foreign language anyway. So you got a double whammy going for you. So what I did is yeah. I called the insurance companies with him on the phone and we talked about it. And now his his dad is you know not doing well at all. So. You know, the life expectancy is very short. So he's like, you know, 270,000 sounds like a lot. He's like, but what's it going to be next year if he lives? And then then it's like 300,000. So he's like, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to be putting in six, 700,000 in this. The death benefit's 2 million. We've already sunk, you know, 800,000 in it. What, what are we doing? And it, it's like, but, but the same, those numbers sound outrageous, but it's real. This is what happens. It happens on a smaller scale too. Like I said, my my client has a hundred thousand dollar death benefit. They're asking him to put in seven grand a year. How long is he gonna live? I mean, but there are options. So we can look at doing some changes to it. But the key is you have to get out in front of it before it's too late. The sooner you can change things, the better. You gotta call up the insurance company and get some illustrations. Hey, what is this gonna look like in 10 years? And they'll give you that information, but they won't give it to you unless you ask. 
That's yeah, the problem. Of course. Of course, yeah. They're not going to say, hey, Tony, psst, in 10 years, this thing's going to be worth <laughs> It's going to be in a nightmare. Let's do something now. They're not. They're not. So you have yeah. to be proactive about it. And that's why I'm hoping people listening to this podcast will actually get out their policy, look at it, call up the insurance company, ask for an illustration, and start either looking at it or talking to an expert on it to figure it out before they run into this nightmare that I'm dealing with with so many people. Wow. Yeah, sounds <laughs> it does sound like it's a real crisis and uh, these things are starting to hit and pop up all over the way it sounds. Uh you're seeing it more and more. So, it is a wake-up call. Uh I'm going to have to check out where where my wife and I are at with our different policies and see figure out what we have and where we're at and it's good to know that we don't have to do it alone, though. There are financial professionals like yourself who understand it, but it is hard to find somebody who's as honest and straightforward uh, to look at these things and not just be thinking, hey, how can I get a commission out of this? I that's mean, right. that's that's yeah. the that's the key right there. And that's that's why I love working with you, Dan. I mean, you're a fiduciary. You're always looking out for your client's best interests, uh, and that's very important. But life insurance yeah, you don't want to get into the wrong policy. You want to make sure you make the right decision. And it sounds like it can be a tough one. You got to figure out, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Do I sell it? Do I keep it? Do I let it lapse? So uh, a lot of choices, a lot to think about today, but that does it. We're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add, Dan? Yeah. If anyone wants to go to uh, Dolphin Financial Group's website, that's dolphinfinancialgroup.com. You can go to YouTube uh, and look for Dolphin Financial Group. I got videos on the universal life crisis. There's a couple. There's one on what's going on. There's also one on how to fix it. So feel free to check those out. But if you got a policy you want to look at, give me a call. I'll walk you through it. Uh, we do have insurance license. And you want to work, if you're going to do this, you want to work with a someone that doesn't represent that company necessarily. You want, because you want to look at an unbiased view from different yeah, options. Yeah, you want right? to work with somebody who's independent and isn't right, working with that right. particular company, you know, probably. Because if, and, and if your agent, if you have a policy, give your agent a call if you haven't heard from them in a while. And if they're not giving you the answers you want, look elsewhere. It's, you know, this isn't, this isn't rocket science, but it's really difficult to deal with if it's last minute. So be proactive. All right. Good advice. And what's your phone number if they want to call and set up a complimentary consultation with you? Easiest way is give us a call 888-508-5935 or go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Thanks, Tony, for a good show. Yeah, it was a great show. Thanks, Dan. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit the website at DolphinFinancialGroup.com. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.